Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Nick Corbin. I met Nick many years ago um, when Nick was fronting New Street Adventure, an absolutely amazing band, which we talk about on this uh, podcast. Um, Nick's uh, been doing lots of solo material lately, which we talk about on this podcast, and uh, and we also discuss some amazing records. But uh, before we get on with the chat, um, just a quick few thank yous. Thank you very much to Scroobies Pip and all of my brothers and sisters on the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to 76 for producing this podcast, uh, and thank you to Uselot. Uselot for really helping me grow this podcast, support it, and whenever you see it on the socials, you all seem to like, share, retweet, and do all the things that really, really help. And so, yeah, that's that's much appreciated. It's been um, a real fun labour of love doing this podcast. And, uh, and yeah, all your support really does help. So if you can subscribe to this podcast or, or leave a review, the, these things really do help. Um, and I know, you know, all the podcasts you listen to will generally say if you can do that. And the reason is that it, it really does help. And... Uh, yeah, and and also if you you know you you enjoy this content and and you want to hear more, then I do have a Patreon podcast as well, a Patreon page even where I put up four radio shows every week, bespoke episodes just for patrons, video episodes and such, and uh, and you can support that from as little as a dollar a month. Uh, what's that? Eighty p, and uh, and yeah, and it all it all goes in the pot and helps to kind of you know support the podcast and, and cover the production and, and all of that malarkey. Um, right, that's the kind of pleading poverty bit done. Um, and also, if this is your first time listening um, and, and you enjoy uh, my chat with Nick, then go and have a look in the archives because if um, the, the sort of music and the scene that, that Nick's been involved with, then there's loads of people that I've interviewed on there that, that float around that scene, whether it be Eddie Pillar, um, whether it be Steve Craddock, whether it be Emma Noble, The Milk, uh gosh i'm trying to think who else um mark baxter go and have a have a look um mick talbot of the style council you can go and listen to um all of them episodes and and also just go and have a rummage because you'll see episodes with loads of your favorite actors musicians djs producers go and go and have a rummage and see what you can find and uh, better still as i said subscribe right i'm done with all the uh the intro spiel let's get on with uh today's episode please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with the wonderful Nick. It's off the beaten track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we are recording. Joining me today via the means of Zoom, Nick Corbin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Very good to be. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's good. Good to be here. This is the. The new normal now, isn't it? Talking over Zoom. <laughs> uh, have you have you found it? Have you found the whole the, the whole thing um, professionally and and personally the last six months? I'm talking about. Um, it's been like a sort of wave of kind of struggling with it and and kind of making the most of it. I suppose. Um, I've above all I've found it really interesting talking to other people about how it's affected them and and a lot of people seem to I I guess have similar experiences because of you know the messages coming from the government and whatever are so kind of unclear and jumbled um I think when we first went into lockdown I I like really enjoyed it because it just sort of felt like 
you, we could we could just sort of down tools and relax for a bit and then and then it kind of hit me that it was like really uncertain you didn't know how much longer it was going to go on for and then I had an album due to come out that I'd just finished and I was thinking oh god like this just is this going to be a waste of an album no touring and stuff and yeah I, I think it, it's just um it's it's like a constant period of adjustment isn't it really I, I don't think you could put it any better than that it is a it is that constant because I think of readjusting because you're getting you know the messages you get from a government that you know I, I probably wouldn't be too complimentary about like um you know you're being pushed and pulled you know we're recording this on on the week when the government are telling you know musicians and and, and people in the arts to uh that's all right just go and retrain and uh yeah which, which possibly wasn't the, the the most sympathetic thing to say to people that uh, are freelancers and probably haven't earned any money for the last six months <laughs> but um but yeah and it is i do I, I totally agree nick that it is that constant readjustment because there's no i think it would be a lot better if somebody said well look come april the first next year it'll all be fine and it'll yeah. all be back to normal that's the date when everything goes like i think not that that's ever going to happen you're going to get this date but i think it's that uncertainty is what constitutes the constant readjustment i think definitely right. yeah and i understand that they can't do that but i i just think it's we always seem that like one step behind you know it, it's it's reactive rather than that i don't think there's any leadership being shown it's and we and you know like you said it's it's sort of pillar to post where no nobody really knows like how to what plans to make or or anything like that so i think that's what's been really difficult yeah definitely well should we talk about the joy that is music of course yeah that, that's a constant there's no uncertainty that that stuff always delivers um Nick, the song would agree. I mean, I've seen your list already, and uh, you've took the piss, and you've you've put loads in for every single one. <laughs> so uh, we've got some honourable mentions to work through as well today. Um, the song with the greatest intro, mate. Well, I was thinking um, with intros, I'd always go for like the sort of disco stuff. So like the chic Nile Rodgers, that that kind of feel. I, I think all those tracks have got amazing intros, yeah. and. Um, but but then I went back to like my musical hero, which is Bobby Womack, and um, the song that was probably a big introduction to to him as an artist, which was Across One Hundred and Tenth Street, because I just think it's that that period of music, like all the black exploitation films, when all all these amazing artists were writing the soundtracks. I just think that that is like my favourite type of soul music, and. Um, so that song really, I mean, there's, there's a reason why it's soundtrack like Jackie Brown, American gangster as well. Um, yeah. So I, th I think that would be my choice. Um, but, uh, I had, to, I, I know I'd put down thinking of you by sister sledge as well, oh, but, um, good. but I, I think, and, and there's the, is it Dimitri from Paris? Oh man. Well, which <laughs> just like milks it. <laughs> which I think is great, but yeah. I think if I had to pick one, it'd be Bobby Womack. But. Yeah, I mean the Dimitri from Paris, uh, 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 lost the music, and it. Uh, I mean, yeah, that is arguably one of the greatest intros ever. But it takes the piss. It's yeah. like it's that good. They milk it for about five minutes before the song even starts. It's like as a DJ, that's a cracker to have in the back pocket. But yeah, um. Uh, Bobby Womack. So, are you talking about your, your love of that kind of era of song music? Because so much of that stuff, and, and the same with like the Superfly soundtrack and things like that, it's it's very string laden as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, it, I think that song starts off with a kind of organ. I don't know if it's like a Wurlitzer, like with a lot of, a load of delay on it, and then you've got the strings starting to come in, and he's he's got his like little falsetto intro, and yeah, it just it's not a long intro, but I think that's what's really genius about it is that they kind of hint at what's to come with every single instrument. And then suddenly you're hitting this cool groove. I was a third brother of five. And it, it's, yeah, just like chills down your spine every time you hear it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, Nick, we spoke before we press record that you've you know you've listened to a, a fair few of these now, and so you probably heard that I, I, I stutter and 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 fall all over the place trying to get this question sounding correct. But I'm always interested how musicians um, approach intros from when they first started making music to how they make music now. In you know over the years where we've seen the way that people listen to music very much change. Yeah, that, that whole kind of we'll start with a chorus, you know, like hook them. Like, how has that impacted on you, and has it changed the way that you approach songwriting? It has a bit because you do hear a lot of get them straight away. You've got to hook them in the first eight seconds or something like that, or five to ten seconds or whatever. Um, I don't think with any of my songwriting, I start with the intro it'll be the chorus and then and then a lot of the time the intro will sort of come last or or i'll sort of think how am i going to make the first few seconds interesting so like i I think it'd be difficult to go for a sort of sister sledge type intro now yeah um but yeah i mean obviously it's really important isn't it to to have something catchy but i I think it's, it's like with when I ever listen to or I'm forced to listen to like Capital or Radio One or something um, and you hear pop music now, songs are different, aren't they? It's just they're not like songs as we know them anymore, it's like a collection of hooks. They're a formula. Um, yeah, yeah, they are. And so I think it's just changed and like what, yeah, what is required from an intro is now is now different in this yeah. day and age. But um yeah, it's uh, difficult to pin down. It is, and I and I guess you know you mentioned sort of like pop stations there that you know if you ever have to listen to those, then and, and I guess you know this question is targeted more at, at people that make commercial pop music. I suppose they're the ones that I guess have had to hone it a little bit more to keep up with the you know the, the movements in in have, you know people make pop music now. But I do find it interesting. Someone mentioned the other day. I think they chose for for this track. Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, although I'm not a huge Queen fan, you know, I, I see the merits in what they do. And the fact that that's twice topped the pop charts for huge amounts of time. And, you know, when we look at these these records, you know, these, these, these perfect pop moments that are like, you know, two and a half minutes, not an ounce of fat on the bone. It's just hook, 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 hook all the way through. Bohemian Rhapsody is just the complete opposite yeah, and, and I just find it really interesting that the way that we buy it as well now and what we want from music has changed so much. You know, the fact that these records would never get on the radio now. You know, they'd never no. get playlisted. You know, anything that's got a bit of a journey in it, it's like, we ain't got time for that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And I, and I, find, I find a lot of stuff's going to get lost in that, and I think that's a shame. Uh, uh. Okay, track two. First song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on your neck? Um, so it is quite a cheesy one, um, and it's because my dad's my dad was always playing like old soul records, and um, like when I was growing up, and the 
it was quite a clear one to me actually there's a singer called phyllis hyman who did she was on like philadelphia international i think for a bit and did loads of cool disco stuff but it's a song called old friend which is really it's quite cheesy it's quite sad and um i i have family in new zealand and my dad's sister lives over there and she she used to come over every couple of years and i just remember one year i would have been about 10 maybe maybe nine or ten and she left and my whole family was like we were always really upset when she went and my dad put that on in the car as we were sort of driving away um and and yeah and and i just remember crying and i just kept hearing that song whenever i thought i thought of my auntie for the for the next few few weeks really and so i think that is that the first time when I've I've had songs that I love and I remembered before, but that was that's the one that really kind of hit me for some reason. But yeah. I listened to it again a couple of days ago, and I was like, <laughs> it's actually about her getting back together with with an old boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, it was just that old friend. Um, it's it just like a real sad song, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird that um, so many people um, when they answer this say. And then we put it on in the car. And yeah, it's like it's so weird uh, that of uh, you know just the the, the fact that I, I don't know. To, to, uh, for me, so many of my early memories of songs and things were cassettes that were on in the car. It's like it's yeah. strange, isn't it? That was just so. So many people have referenced that that it was. Uh, yeah, it was just you know, my dad stuck it on in the car. I remember like vividly, uh, the, and I can't hear it. I used to be a huge, huge Erasure fan in the, in the sort of mid to late eighties. And uh, and whenever I got in like my dad's car, I'd I'd, I'd put it on, and uh, and I I, you know, I I still think they've wrote some incredible pop songs, and uh, and sometimes he used to come on, do uh, you know sometimes by Erasure? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I must have played it so much that my dad kind of got into it. And my dad used to sing "Ooh Sunshine" instead of "Sometimes," and it made my shoulders shudder every time he done it. And I've never brought it up in front of him, but to this day, I can't hear sometimes by Erasure without picturing my old man singing Sunshine instead of Sometimes. It's funny that the um, misinterpretation of lyric thing, isn't yeah. it, as well? Like how we all, there there are so many songs where you, you hear one thing, but they're actually saying another. Yeah. But then even once you find that out, you kind of, you don't, it it doesn't change how you feel yeah. about the song. Yeah. And I think I think it's the same with that old friend song, even though it's maybe got a bit of a happy ending. I just still see it as like really sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Track three. Song reminds you of your time at school, please, Nick. Um I think did I did I go for new radicals here? Yeah. You get what you give. Yeah. yeah. Um again, like we we so I lived about a 10 minute drive from my school and we had a really rubbish car growing up. My mum had this old like, Fiat and I think you could only get a couple of radio stations. And one of them was like, Southern FM, which was like, I, I was from Sussex and um, they very rarely played music that I liked, but I remember new radicals. You get what you give was the the one song was I just hoped that that would come on every time and and um yeah just sort of every time I hear it now I go back to just sitting in the car just or, or you know having the radio on in the morning in my room or whatever and just hoping that that song would come on so I, I think um yeah it just felt really cool and it was a bit of a one-hit wonder as well wasn't it I think do you know the story about him no no I don't know much about it it's I mean I, I think that is an absolutely incredible pop record i i just think yeah. like the intro's amazing I, I just think it's brilliant so he um he he did not want to be a front man he wanted to be a right. songwriter hence the video he's got the hat pulled down yeah he's got like, a bucket and, hat and uh, they yeah so he didn't want to be famous and uh and they 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 put the album out and uh and they he basically said like, i don't want to do anything else uh told the label i don't want to do this and uh, and they said, look, you know, to write the album, you haven't got to, you haven't got to do any press. And so he, he wrote this album, and uh, I hope I'm getting this right. But um, and then they were like, right, we've got this tour booked in, and you've got to go and do. And he was like, no, no, I said I'm not doing that. And so basically, at the time, he faxed every single 
news, like, pr- like music press, every single radio station just telling them all to go fuck themselves oh. uh, and systematically killed his career on purpose and wow. just basically finished it. And like he, he then became a, a, like a, a songwriter. He wrote, um, uh, if you ever listen to Love is a Roller Coaster by Ronan Keating, yeah, he wrote that. And and when you hear it now, you go, "Of course he wrote that." It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you can. Like, yeah. and uh, but yeah, he he literally took the power back from the label and went, "Right, well, fuck you. This is how I'm going to end it." And literally, nobody would touch him after that. And wow. he just self sabotaged and uh, and yeah, and done what he wanted to do, which was write songs for other artists. Oh, good on him! Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> yeah. So um, so school was in Sussex. Yeah, place called Uckfield, so about half an hour from Brighton, and yeah, just sort of average town in Sussex, I suppose. Yeah, big it up, um, average town. Big it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well, do you know what? I've got, I've, I've not really got many ties to it, but it was a, it was a really nice place to grow up because it was pretty safe. Um, yeah. You get good links to London and and um, and Brighton as well. But um, but yeah, I know my parents have moved away from there now. I've, I've not got many reasons to go back there. There's a few mates' parents that live down there, which is nice occasionally. But but yeah, it's um. How did you find school? Um, it was all right, really. I I I've, as with all of us, like I went in and I was I, I always big football fan, so I love football. Um. And I, I was a bit of an all-rounder, really, like with, with everything. I was like, I was quite good at most subjects. I was quite good at sport, but not like brilliant at anything, really. Um, yeah, it was it was all right. I was quite quite lucky, really. It's just like the local comp, but it was, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Like when you hear some people's stories, yeah. I listened to um, Mark Baxter's episode and it sounded like he, he didn't have a good time at school. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um? I mean, was you a, 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 aside from sort of academics and 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 sport? I, I mean, you know, my my introduction to you was 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 obviously New Street Adventure. Um, mm. What about you know the the creative side of of you as a young lad? What was going on there? Um, yeah, always sung a little bit, but then I think it wasn't until I was about like fourteen that a few mates uh, started playing in bands and stuff, and and then yeah. I. One time, they the singer was like away in I don't know he was on holiday or something, and there was a con- a school concert, and I said I'll do it, and the song was um, for whom the bell tolls by Metallica, right? <laughs> yeah, and I and I, I, I can now see where new new yeah. adventure come <laughs> from. Yeah, that figures. Yeah, and I <laughs> I. I remember it was like the day before, so I didn't have the lyrics. I I didn't memorise them. I had them on like a bit of paper in my hand and I was fucking walking along the stage with this, like just (laughs) read. Yeah. um, But I I got quite a buzz out of doing it. And then after that, I started singing um, with with mates and then started writing songs with with a guy who lived um, near me, who, who was a good mate. And... Yeah, I didn't start learning guitar till I was 18. Um, and that was when I started like, writing a bit more. And gradually, like, music just sort of moved up and, like, took me over. But it wasn't until I was, like, 21 that I started actually, like, playing properly. And, yeah, so I got into it all quite late, really. So in, in regards to um, uh, fronting a, a metal band at school, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, like... I mean, I guess being good at sport and things like that at school definitely kind of, I think, can get you through a lot of situations. You know, it can yeah. get you in with the people that, you know, are going to, you know, probably make life at school a lot easier than than, than for some, that, you know, are, are useless at sport, etc. Um, but with, you know, with the confidence that come from being, you know, academic and good at sport, did that confidence carry itself over to thinking well I'm going to sing in this band yeah I'm sure you know I can do this I think so I think a little bit um but I was I was really worried about what people thought because it would be like I think the when I sung that song it was in like an assembly or something so so it was in front of the whole year um 
and I think maybe people were like a bit surprised and but then yeah after that I, I don't know I, I never felt that nervous doing it really um so but yeah it's, it's a good point what you make about about like the the sporty side of thing carrying people through school because I, I guess I guess it, it it can really help with that because it's always like it's always the cool kids that are the, the best at football yeah. and I, I wasn't like that at all like I, w- I was sort of not shy but not extroverted either um I was just I was always sort of like in the middle of of all the groups I guess and not yeah just unremarkable <laughs> I think, I think but, they call I think they called in betweeners yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah I, I was an in-betweener so. <laughs> um did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school I wanted to be a physiotherapist <laughs> specific the Norwich Norwich City Football Club that was the that's my team that's um I, I wanted to be a football physio and I but yeah, I, I, I went to one of these schools where, like most of them, where they're like, "Oh, he's good at this and this, so we should send him to uni." And he, there, there was always like, I felt there was pressure to like pick a career and stuff. And like being a musician wasn't really anything, you know, to to aspire to. Yeah. We didn't have. It was just like maybe there was a few people that played music, but you didn't really see that as a as a career. So um yeah, strange really. Yeah. I don't think it is a career. I think you're meant to retrain now from, uh, from I think you are, time. yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what was the first record you remember buying? Uh Michael Jackson. So I remember my dad had Dangerous on vinyl and when I was really young I used to I used to love that. And then I think the first time i bought a cd for myself it was off the wall just because i think it was the cheapest michael jackson album in the record shop i went to um so yeah i don't know what song it was for particularly but i I think i just i my dad my dad was like oh that's a good one and it's the cheapest so get that (laughs) if you're gonna talk disco (laughs) intros don't stop till you get enough taste yeah don't it it but, does, uh, yeah. That's uh, oh, that's a that's a court of the dance floor. That is, yeah. And what are your thoughts on uh, on uh, because this this comes up so many times when people reference the Smiths or Michael Jackson and things like that. And I'm always interested to, to to know. Can you can you separate the you know the the man from the music? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I and it. It's obviously really shocking. Everything that came out and that documentary that came was it was it last year the one with the the yeah, yeah, families so. talking about it and stuff and and obviously it's it has put a bit of it has tarnished his legacy. Although we all kind of had had an idea while it, even while he was alive of that stuff happening. Um, yeah, I, I but I think when it it's it's really it's really hard, isn't it? But I. I it's not like someone puts a Michael Jackson record on and I'm like, oh, get this off. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm exactly yeah. the same, Nick. It's like, you know, we're, we're, I'm aware that, you know, a lot of the accusations, you know, could be true, you know. I, I, I mm. really hope they're not. But, you know, like I say, I don't go out of my way to listen to Michael Jackson, but if it comes on, I still do get I still get joy from it because, yeah, know, the, 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 you know, it's not just Michael Jackson that makes them records good. There's a whole... You know, there's you know Quincy Jones. There's so many people that are into yeah. making them records sound so great, and and you can't forget how that music made you feel when yeah, because he he's the biggest star of all time, isn't he? Really, like solo star. Well, maybe Elvis up there. You could you could argue a few, yeah. but really, he's he's the biggest. Definitely. And yeah, the the music is so special, and the songs are incredible. The production. And and it appealed. I, I just remember everyone liked Michael Jackson when we were younger. Who's yeah. just yeah, just the coolest guy in the world. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And that that dangerous, and dangerous that you mentioned. Um, when he passed, uh, they they put on. I think it was a dangerous tour. I, don't, I think it might have been in Japan or somewhere like that. It was the one that he released on video, and I watched it. And you know, like everybody, I was a Michael Jackson fan. You can't not be. And and I watched that live show, and I just I thought, fuck me, he's got so many amazing records. 
Yeah. And his performance. Now you just think that's just that's everything you need from a night out right there. That's like a, 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 yeah, just the king of pop. You know, yeah. it's just a shame that that legacy has been tarnished with the accusations. But uh, but let's not dwell on that anyway. And uh, <laughs> can you can you remember where you bought off the wall? Yeah, there was um, in Uckfield. There was these shops called Cranage Brothers, and one of them was a record shop. And one, and then there was another one like two doors down that um, that sold like hi-fi equipment and stuff. And so I, w- I would have bought it in one of them. Um, but I, I, I never used to buy stuff there, but I think it was just because I went in with my dad. Yeah. I, I know it's been mentioned a lot on these, but I always used to buy my tapes from Woolies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we had. Yeah. So after that, I think I remember buying like, I probably bought like the Spice Girls when I was younger. And like, I, I remember, what's that song, Freed from Desire? Gal- Is it Gala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that that was one of men in black i remember they were like some when i was maybe 10 10 or something yeah. i would have bought them or maybe yeah but but michael jackson i would have been like six or seven probably maybe yeah. eight yeah um so as a you know we, we, we're both like you know your solo music uh and with new street adventure uh being signed, um, you signed to Acid Jazz as well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and so being signed to, um, I guess Acid Jazz is an independent label, isn't it? Like, yeah, um, being signed to um, an indie. How important of of record shops been to you, you know, as an artist? Um, well, I think one one of the best feelings I've ever had was when we put our first album out with new street and I went to HMV on Oxford street and it was their new releases this week. And that felt like that felt fucking amazing. Yeah. Cause I was just like, I, I've still, I've got a photo of it and my wife took, took a picture. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's one of those that sort of, it like puts everything, it boxes everything off, doesn't it? It's like you've done an album, you've done this, done this, and then there it is in the record shop, and everyone can see it. And um, and then all the all the smaller record shops as well. You know, I've, I've always tried to send the stuff out to to smaller shops when I can, and um, yeah, it's really important. And it, and it's it that's what's been really gutting about releasing an album over lockdown is that the distributor that i have has put the the records in you know it's been in rough trade and all and all these places online and it just it takes all the gloss off it doesn't it if if you can't if someone can't be flicking through the vinyls or, or whatever and think oh i'll have a listen to that that looks interesting so yeah oh they're so important amazing amazing institutions really absolutely absolutely Let's move it forward a few years uh, from school for track five, Nick. The song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Um, well, I always hated clubbing. We had a club called the Broadway in Uckfield, which was just like, I mean, if you wanted to have a fight with a rugby player, it was the place to go, basically. And the music was awful. Uh, you mentioned Queen earlier. I, I hate Queen. I'm sorry to anyone listening that likes them. I, I'm, I'm not a fan. And it was I, like I was being nice earlier, Nick. Yeah. I don't like them at all. <laughs> I mean, I I can respect that they did something completely different, but I just I hate the sound of their records. I've never liked it. Um, and it was like every four songs would be like don't stop me now or i don't know or the summer of 69 that was another one that was always on at this club um but there was a it was the only place that we had to go and in about 2005 6 they started suddenly playing a bit of indie so there'd be like four or five indie tracks and one of them was i bet you look good on the dance floor arctic monkeys and it was, I think it was that one song that for me started, then then suddenly you'd hear like the Kooks or you'd hear um, um, maybe like Kaiser Chiefs or the Killers or stuff. And, and me and my mates would be like waiting just for that sort of 15, 20 minutes of like indie and the dance floor would clear and it would just be us there and just 
hammered. Yeah. You know. Do you know <laughs> but, what? It's so mad you say this, right? Because, like, in my kind of when I was like 18, 19, there was a club in Greys where I live uh, called, and wait for this, it was called Pizzazz, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and they would just be playing commercial dance music, you know, capital radio stuff. And, uh, but in 1990, they then realised that there was this thing going on in Manchester. So it was like, right, okay, we'll play four songs. We'll play the Soup Dragons. We'll play... Uh, Fool's Gold, we'll play Step On, and uh, and I think they might even have played like Unbelievable by EMF, or or, or no, yeah. or I think it was all given out by the farm, you know, <laughs> and it was just absolutely introductory level, you know, Manchester indie, yeah. But it was like everyone would fuck off, and it'd be like, yes, this is our moment now. We <laughs> yeah. we can like sort of swagger around the dance floor pissed because just the, these four songs, and then the minute them four songs would finish. This was at the time when you'd get slow songs in clubs. Uh, oh, right. And it'd be brilliant because it like literally the, the, the end of like Fool's Gold would finish. And then the lights would go down and then you'd hear, You can reach me by sailboat. <laughs> and Lita <then, laughs> <laughs> Adams would come on and like all of these kind of guys wearing like sort of shirts and probably tie some of them would like then just sort of descend upon the dance floor, you know, for a, a cuddle and a kind of grope of an ass with like, you know, a, 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 you know, whatever girl was up for having a slow dance with me. It was tragic. <laughs> but we got the four songs, mate. We got yeah. the four songs. It's weird, isn't it? That, that I don't know, like, and and then a couple of years later, then then it would be maybe more than four, four songs. Maybe you'd get like a whole hour mm. from, or, or like half an hour or something. But um, yeah, strange. I, I remember going to, um, we used to go to this club called The Event in Brighton. Uh, I think it, then it became uh, Oceana or something like that. And I remember I hadn't been for ages and they put, I bet you look good on the dance floor on and everyone just, absolutely went mad just yeah. loving it and then I, th- and I think after that then they were just playing loads of indie yeah. but um yeah weird isn't it it is weird <laughs> and like you know for somebody that still you know not at the moment but you know runs a you know an alternative nightclub it is strange that the 18 year old kids come there and as much as there's such you know such a wave of really exciting music coming through now for every one request I get for I don't know, Sleaford Mods, I will still get 10 requests for Arctic Monkeys or Mr. Brightside, right. you know? And, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's weird that, that that era of the Ks, of the Kooks, the Killers, the Kaisers and, and all of that, like, um, just seemed to, just uh, stuck with us. And, and, and yeah. you know, and it, it's weird. You know, I'm always fascinated by how certain songs, you know, kind of get woven into the fabric and just find their way through. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, my, my sort of uh, introduction to, to you was, was, was New Street Adventure, which is, you know, the, uh, and, and this, this, this is a compliment. You know, I, I, take, I see it and hear it as a very soulful side of, of music. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And so was, was that, that kind of indie scene, like, key in, in you learning to sort of play and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Arctic Monkeys were the band where... Um, I think I just finished school, so 2005, and then that was when I first sort of heard of them. And I, I had a mate who had his finger on the pulse with new bands a bit, and it, he made me a CD with some of their demos on and stuff. And um, yeah, I, th- I think as they become bigger and bigger, I remember seeing an interview in the NME with them, and they cited Curtis Mayfield as a big um influence i was like oh i know curtis mayfield like my dad my dad's really into that sort of stuff and before i, I used to think soul music was for old people like because I, I loved it growing up we used to hear like stevie wonder aretha franklin in the car all the time but then as you're a teenager you get your own taste don't you so i, I went through the like grunger phase and then i went through the sort of r&b phase and then indie and then I think that comment, him saying Curtis Mayfield, that kind of got me onto the soul funk thing again. And after that, it was like, oh, Dad, you do know what you're talking about. Um, 
and started finding all those records and so yeah that, then it was always like well I'm going to sing in my own accent but the songs are going to be like soul influenced and and it's, so it's always been sort of trying to find that balance and and create you know use those old grooves and those old melodies and yeah and um and I think I'm still kind of you know I still don't think I've nailed it but with a couple of songs I've got close I think yeah, I'd, I'd say you have, mate. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's good fun. <laughs> okay, track six. Favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. So I got really close to um, to home. So we in um, at my school we had uh, one real scary looking kid who was two years above me called Rory, and he about six foot I don't know six foot four six foot five hung around with loads of scary looking guys and um I never I never knew him never spoke to him um and when I left school I played uh, an acoustic night in our town and he turned up with a guitar uh, with this amazing bluesy voice um and we were like fucking hell I never heard him sing at school um and, and and this guy is rag and bone man so he uh, i who i think has made some some great records and and yeah amazing voice um and i i've chosen ego off his first album well, is it no i don't think it is his first album i think he had something else out before but the album with human on like his yeah. breakthrough album um there's a lot of soul influence there but it's like super modern production vocals are brilliant and and really good songs i think so um absolutely yeah absolutely um I, he listens to this podcast oh, does he? <laughs> it's been the first time ever that um somebody has kind of contacted me like, and, and the label got in touch and said like um would you be interested in in having rory on and uh, oh wow because he's mentioned this podcast i was like yes so yeah i'm recording with him soon so uh oh brilliant so, yeah, yeah i'll uh I'll, I'll mention that gig and uh, yeah i'll tell him well tell him i said hi i mean <laughs> we, we 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 don't know each other because we're in different years and stuff mm. i think he knows my sister a bit actually but, yeah um but yeah lovely guy and um yeah best of luck to him because I, I i know a couple of guys that are playing uh horns in his band actually because they played for new street a couple of times and mm. yeah great people wonderful right last track and uh this is when you get to play dj a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear uh so i've i've picked um a band called birdsworth who they're they're from Woking, actually, um, and we've done a few gigs with them over the years. And they're they're just like really great lads, and like disco sort of indie funk influence. That's a track called Mango, and um, they they're just a really good band. They don't take themselves too seriously. They like a bit silly on stage um, in their videos. They're always like dressing up in weird costumes and stuff. But I, I think I think it's a really good track. So hopefully people give that a listen. How did you discover them? Uh, we were on the same bill with them at a, a gig in Guildford once, and um, and then ever since then, like they supported us a few times, and um, yeah, and we just kept in touch, just got on really well, just like really really good lads, and the lead singer Jack um, and Joe, the bass player, um, they they both sort of share the lead vocals. Um, so I got to know them quite well. And the other lads, Luke and Ed in the band, are really nice as well. And they have a percussionist who they call Dr. Flamango, and he wears this weird mask, and he's got this big afro and loads of tattoos. But it's it's quite, yeah, the whole thing on stage is quite funny to look at, but they sound brilliant as well. So, um, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> so, well, we, we put all of the your song choices and your honourable mentions and some of the other bits and pieces that we spoke about on a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast, Nick. Great. Um, uh, and so, looking forwards now, like, um, what are you looking forward to? Um, hopefully, as we find ourselves coming out of lockdown, personally, and what have you got coming up professionally? Um, well, I'm just about to announce two gigs actually in London at um, the Pizza Express venue in Holborn. So they're opening at I think like 60 capacity. So 25th and 26th of November, we'll be doing those with the band. Um, 
and then I, my my wife and I are actually starting a record label. So um, oh, really? that's yeah. So the the aim is um, I've I've always wanted to write for other songs. I mean, for other artists. Sorry, not in the New Radicals way where I tell everyone who likes my solo stuff to fuck off. But, <laughs> I mean, that's quite a statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for um, everyone, Nick. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But um, yeah, I, I've always, I, I love co-writing. I've I've just released a co-write today with a great singer called Hannah Elkins um, called Paradise. Like she, that's not on the label, but that, that's another project I've had going. But um, yeah, we, we just finished recording with Mitch, actually, from The Milk, yep. um, a singer called Abby Farrell. And uh, so two songs with her. And that's going to be the first release on the label. So we'll do that on vinyl. Um, and what's then, the label called? It's Big AC Records. Nice. So the Big AC was like one of my old bands. That was like off, you know, one of the favourite songs that we did. So I thought at least people might go, oh, Big AC, I'll make that connection. I yeah. Suppose. So yeah, the aim is just to write songs with artists that that I like, that good good sort of soul, funk, um, disco kind of tracks, and and put them out and promote them ourselves make it a bit kind of diy because i just think for now like no one knows when any live music's going to come out it's a good time to be creative and like putting records out and kind of help people out as well um so they're all like up and coming artists who i believe like my fan base will latch on to as well and so yeah that's the next um big adventure really wonderful it must be are you super hyped to play some live shows? Because yeah, it's the same for like DJing or, or like live podcasts. It's like um, we're recording this the day before. I've got a live podcast uh, tomorrow for fifty people in Hoxton, and it's oh, like, brilliant! And I'm just, I'm just missing that connection. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. I did. Um, I actually did a show in Brighton uh, two two weekends ago uh, on the seafront. So it was, and we, we booked it really last minute. So we had like less than three weeks to promote the show and it was all sort of socially distanced. The weather was good. It was really nice. It was weird because everyone was at the tables and they couldn't get up and dance and stuff, but it was just great playing again. So, so I think these Pizza Express shows, again, it will be seated, but it's, they're quite nice little venues actually. And and it will be, yeah. And so two nights in a row that that'd be really nice i think yeah wonderful best of luck with that um thanks mate nick it's been an absolute joy thanks so much for your time today mate and best i really of luck appreciate with the label. it and uh, thanks a lot mate and yeah and enjoy uh, enjoy your live shows man thank you there you go nick corbin wonderful absolutely wonderful um just is you, you know you've had a good podcast when you chat for 20 minutes before you press record and you chat for 20 minutes once you, you've pressed stop. Um, you know, and, and I hope that, you know, that, that kind of warmth of conversation and connection does sort of come across in the, you know, for you listeners. I'm, I'm engrossed. So, um, you know, I just hope you get the joy uh, listening as I do having the chat. And, uh, yeah, and it was a real joy to sit and chat with Nick. So, um, thanks ever so much for listening and uh, and as mentioned at the beginning thanks ever so much for supporting it if you can go and subscribe that really helps you know leave a comment on itunes um and yeah and if you can help over on the patreon page that'd be amazing you can find out about all of these things at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com i'm back next week thanks loads bye-bye i've got an announcement save our souls clothing www.sosclothing uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, 
They only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out, because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast, and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done, is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code, Beat 15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk. Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.